hey, we, we are in part four of our series, Sabbath. Part four. Okay, let's get right in there. Next, next week is the final part of our Sabbath. You don't want to be missing that. It's fantastic. Um, I was just thinking back when I, when I was growing up, um, my, my, dad, my dad is European and, and my mom's from the Cook Islands. And, um, and I grew up um, going to a um, Cook Island church or Pacific Island church, Maori, sorry, a Pacific Island Presbyterian church. Get that right, okay? And, and, I, and for us growing up, you know, Sunday was a Sabbath. And uh, we couldn't do any work um, on a Sunday. So like if, if, if I had to mow the lawns and it was raining on Saturday, praise God, it's sunny on Sunday, but I didn't have to mow the lawns. It's a, sorry, Mom, it's a Sabbath. <laughs> Can't mow the lawns. You know, it's sunny outside. I can just go out and play. It's kind of weird. And so this is kind of what we did. And, and, uh, and in fact, back in Raro, um, back in Raro, we're not even allowed to swim on a Sunday. Not allowed to, honestly, so this is what I would do. I would like walk up the beach to the other end of the beach, way far away from my uncle's house and go for a swim. The funny thing is, I was like in my 30s and I'm still like sneaking off from my uncle's house, you know, and he's, come on kids, let's go down here. And the, this whole thing, and, and what's, what's really, really interesting is that this word Sabbath is the English rendering of the Hebrew word Shabbat. Everybody say Shabbat. Shabbat means to stop or to cease from. Stop or to cease from. This is what this word Shabbat means. And it's this, this thing, and it's part of the, the, the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten. If it's part of the Ten, then it's got to be important, okay? And God's here to stop, and because and he blessed the seventh day, and he said, this day is holy, so honor this day and keep it holy, and you must Shabbat, you must stop, you must cease from all your work. Everybody had to stop. Um, everybody in your household, if you had servants, they had to stop. If you had animals, they had to stop. Everybody stopped. They rested. They Shabbated, if that's a word, and they Sabbated. I don't know. I'm not making up words now. I'll just keep carrying on. And they stopped. Now, here's the thing. Christianity, we kind of like swapped it around. It's kind of like now, for us, Sunday's a Sabbath, but according to the Bible, it's Friday evening to Saturday evening. That's the Sabbath day. That's the seventh day. God said, I'll bless the seventh day. But Sunday's the first day. So, so we've got this kind of, and there's been this kind of tension throughout the years. This tension about, actually, no, you need to honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath is on a Saturday, Friday evening. This is when you sh should. And there was a lot of tension going on. And you know what's really interesting? Tension that's not dealt with properly leads to bitterness. Have you ever had a disagreement with somebody? And because you've disagreed with them, you unfriended them on Facebook. Anybody? Unfriended anybody on Facebook because you've disagreed with them? Uh, and, or maybe you unfollow them on Instagram, you know, of disagreed. And if you're looking for a subtitle for my message today, it is to agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. But honestly, our disagreement, it, 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 it's ended relationships. Have you ever like stopped talking to somebody because you disagreed on something so badly that you stopped talking with them? Maybe, maybe it's a brother. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your own children. It's interesting that this whole thing of that, that our disagreements can take us to a place of bitterness, of bitterness. And where does that come from? What happens? So if disagreements unchecked can lead to bitterness. In fact, think about it in society today. Today's society, it's actually, it goes to the next level of disagreement. If you disagree with me on political things, on social things, on all these things, like, you, know, that, you know, I don't just dislike you, but I hate you. 
If you're not for us, you're against us. And, 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 this, and the whole thing, like, like, you know, being a Christian is kind of tough. Everybody kind of hates you for being a Christian. Like, the this whole thing of same-sex marriage and abortion and all these things. Well, you know, I, I hold what the Bible says. Well, we don't just dislike you. We hate you. And that's what society's like. And, and when, you, when you go up to make a stand, they call you a, all these things that end with ist. Uh, is it? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I forgot what they are. But anyway, it's just, but it's not just the world hating on Christians, but it's even, I've seen it the other way around, where Christians are hating on the world. Like, oh, well, you believe in that? Well, you know what? I don't just dislike you. I hate you. Well, you're going you, you're gonna to do this abortion thing? Well, I hate you. You know, this whole thing, even Christians are doing it to people out in the world, and with this disagreement has led us to bitterness. We've got to be careful with our disagreements. It can lead to bitterness. And this is exactly what was happening in the early church around this thing called the Sabbath. Well, this disagreements broke out in the church. Disagreements, they, they got so bad, it became very racial. There was racial tension. And like, well, you mean, there's racial tensions back then? Well, 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 we don't have any racial tensions today, do we? No, of course we do. It's been around forever. And there was racial tensions happening even in the Bible. So Paul begins to address this very issue around this disagreement that was causing bitterness to seep into the church. So if you've got your Bibles, can you please turn with me to the book of Romans, the book of Romans. Now, in the church in Rome, you get, I'm going to lay down some, some backstory for, for, uh, for the church in Rome. Now, the, there, was a, there was about, say, like, there's roughly about five house churches in Rome, about 20 people each in each, this is roughly, this is just an estimate of house churches in Rome. And now what had happened is that the, the, the first Christians, the early Christians, were Jewish, of course, they were Jewish. Jesus, believe it or not, Jesus was Jewish. They were Jewish, and, they, and they, they took the gospel, began to carry the gospel. And Gentiles, and what Gentiles are, are non-Jewish. So if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. It's kind of like, the, you know, Jews, they had one name for them and one name for everybody else. Gentiles. And so, uh, so they took this gospel message in, and people were coming to know Jesus, and, and Jesus was setting them free. Jesus was liberating them from, uh, um, so it, like, think, think about the Roman world. The Roman world, all those years ago, 2,000 years ago, abortions were happening. All these things were going on, and, and if, you're, if, you're, if, you, if you had a daughter, they would just cast them away. And, but now the Christianity was coming, and Jesus' and acceptance, and all of a sudden, uh, all these things began to stop, because all people were coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It really began to redefine humanity, Jesus, this Jesus movement. And so these Christians here in Rome, around, oh, around 49 AD, there was this disturbance in Rome, and it was amongst the Jewish people. In fact, the Jewish people were writing against the Messianic Jews, the, the Jews that, are, that were followers of Jesus. They were writing against them. So much so that Emperor Claudius, he decides to expel them. Kick them out of Rome. Okay, all of you, you're causing trouble in my city. All of you, out of Rome. So no Jews were in Rome. So for, for about five years, there were no Jews in Rome. So this house churches continued on. They continued on without any, any Messianic Jews with them. They, 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 they continued on. So five years later, Emperor Claudius dies. And so the Jews are coming back. They're coming back to Rome slowly. And as they're coming back to these house churches, they're kind of surprised. Because all of a sudden... These, um, these, these Gentile Christians, they're not observing the Sabbath anymore. No one's, no one's observing the Sabbath. They're not eating any kosher foods. 
anymore. There's someone's, they turn up to, to, the, um, to the love feast, which is a communion, with a celebration meal on the, on the Lord's Day. And, and what, what do they find? There's, there's like a, there's, there's pork right next to a lamb on the table. Someone's eating a, a bacon sandwich. And, and, and like all these things are going on. They think, oh my goodness, there's, there's non-kosher foods going on, not observing the Sabbath. And this real tension began to happen. In fact, the church is split. There were Jewish Christian churches, and then there were Gentile Christian churches. There was a real split. It became very racial. And so Paul's addressing, addressing um, the Romans in his letter. And so if you've got, got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 14. And this is what, it, what he's, he, he begins to address them. He says, Accept other believers who are weak in faith, and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them all. And we've got to understand something. So in the Old Testament, God makes a covenant with ancient Israel. He makes this covenant, and he sets this condition, this gives this condition to this covenant to ancient Israel called the Torah or the law. And part of these conditions was they couldn't eat pork, right? So now they're turning up to these love feasts, and now there's pork and lamb on the same table. Well, now that lamb is contaminated. I can't eat that. Only vegetables for me. Eating vegetables because they don't only eat that. It's contaminated. It's sitting with this uh, detestable piece of meat. Like, you know, I'm getting hungry now for pork. But anyway... This is what was happening over there. And what was happening is that, that, that these, these Roman Gentiles, they're looking down and goes, you come to my house, you sit at my table. You know, they're like, you know, you're refusing our food. And, like, and they begin to look down on them. They look down on them. Okay, let's, let's read on. Verse 4. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. See, this, 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 this bitter disagreement is happening, and, and, and these racial lines are being drawn within this church. And, and, and Paul is he's saying, come on, you know, these, don't look down on somebody because their, their faith journey is, is not as, as father as yours is. Don't, don't look down on them because of these things. Verse 5, and, and in the same way, think, and in the same way, some think one day is more holy then another day, while others think every day is alike, you should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. So Paul, is, he's addressing these, these non-Jewish Christians. And he's talking about the Shabbat. He's talking about the Sabbath. And because these Gentiles, they no longer had to observe the Sabbath. And one of the reasons behind that is because Jesus fulfilled Everything that the Torah and the prophets were pointing to, he fulfilled it. Jesus came and he said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, the time has come. Everything's been fulfilled. And in fact, in, in Acts chapter 15, you read, there's this council meeting of all the apostles gathered to, to Jerusalem to talk about this very thing because there was this whole thing. A lot of Jews, they kind of they hoped, and they, they hoped that, that, that Christian Gentiles will, will, will adopt their Jewish practices. But there was tension going on. Because I said, well, actually, no, it's Jesus who sets us free. Jesus has fulfilled all these things. Because remember the Sabbath, if you've been here for the last few weeks, the Sabbath was a picture pointing to the one day that God will return this, 
this seventh-day ideal, this rest day, where God created this rest day, and it was meant to be on forever until man decided to rule on his own accord, and he stepped out of God's rest. And then man began to toil the ground. But then God said to man, look, one day, the seventh-day ideal, this rest day, will come again. And every week, you've got to observe this rest. So this, the seventh-day rest, the Sabbath day, was a signpost pointing to one day, one day, God will bring about again the seventh-day rest. Then Jesus enters, and it says everything has been fulfilled. In fact, Jesus says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. These signposts, they're pointing to me. I'm here. Like, for instance, if we don't find in the middle of Hamilton signs pointing to Hamilton, right? Hamilton, another 10, 10 Ks away. We won't find any signs like that. Why not? Because we're already in Hamilton. We don't need signs anymore. And so, so, so the early believers said, well, actually, the Sabbath has been fulfilled in Jesus. We no longer need these signposts. So therefore, Christians no longer had to observe the Sabbath day. Because Jesus is here. We're now celebrating Jesus. We're celebrating the rest. We're entering into the rest. For, for Jesus has set us free. We're celebrating him. And so this is this, is this meeting in Acts chapter 15. And, the thing, and so now Paul was bringing it forward. And he's like, hey, come on. Whether someone follows the Sabbath or not, come on. It's all about what Jesus has done for us. Don't look down on somebody because he decides to follow the Sabbath. Because that's what they were doing. They were looking down on them. Man, you guys, you guys are so backwards. You and your old myths coming. Don't you know Jesus has set us free? Like, you guys have been walking with God so long. Like, we, we're enlightened. We're the enlightened ones. We've got to be careful not becoming the enlightened ones, right? And everybody else aren't enlightened. And that's exactly what was happening. This, this, this racial tension that's going on and, and this, this disagreement. And there was no agreeing to disagree going on in this place. So... But it does beg a question, where does Sunday church come from? Where did it come from? Well, let's get something straight. Sunday is not a replacement for Sabbath. It's not a replacement. never was. Early, the first Christians were Jewish. Believe it or not. That's right. They were Jewish. And what they'll do, they'll, they'll observe the Sabbath, which is the seventh day. But then on the first day of the week, known as the Lord's Day, the day that Jesus rose again from the dead. They'll come together as believers, and they'll begin to celebrate what's called the love feast. You can get the wrong idea if you don't know what it's about. It's about food, okay? Love feast, not something else. Hey, want to come to my love feast? Uh, And and where there was breaking of bread, and and there was communion going on, and and believers came together, and they they talked about the goodness of Jesus in their life, and and all these things, and and that's what what it was, and so they would begin to to spread the name of Jesus, and then they'll continue on this tradition of meeting together on on a Sunday, And, and these Romans, these Roman Gentiles, they continued to do that. The Jews were no longer there, so they didn't observe the Sabbath, they didn't have to. But they observe, they, they, they come together on a Sunday. And this is, this, is, this is so where the Jews will turn up to this love feast and they find all this non-kosher food all over the place. And Paul's like saying, hey, come on, think about everybody. Don't just think of yourselves. Like, for instance, if I was going to invite someone to my house and they're vegan, I'm not going to have, like, chicken and steak and, and on my table. You know, no, I mean, I want to honor them. So I'll, I'll, like, I'll just have apples on the, on the table. Because uh, I, no, I have no idea what else to put on there. It's funny. I did invite a family over to our house for dinner, and they were vegan. And I was stressing out. What do I make? Corn? 
I don't know. And I was so grateful that because obviously they, they, they were so great. They were so graceful to us. They said, we'll bring the food. And I said, oh, thank you so much. And they brought the food. I loved it. And so before they came, I fed the kids. Okay, kids, here you go. Eat. Because I knew my kids ain't going to eat it. Even when I get kids like mine, you're pretty fussy. Yeah. So I fed them first. And then they, they came. And then, uh, then I enjoyed the meal. It was great. I love vegan. Are any vegans out there? I, I really do enjoy your food. That was great. Anyway. <laughs> so this is what was happening. Let's move on. Let's move on. I'm getting hungry all of a sudden. Here we go. Verse 6. Anybody hungry? Anyway. <laughs> those, and this is verse 6, those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. So if you're going to honor God, if you're going to do the Shabbat, if you're going to do the, man, they do it to honor God. So why give them a hard time? If someone decides to do church on a Saturday, man, that's okay. Man, celebrate. That's awesome. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, whether you eat bacon sandwich. <laughs> do it for the Lord. Oh, come on, I'm getting some bacon eggs for the Lord after this. Since since they give thanks to God before eating, just as long as you have thanks to God, it's all good. It's all good in the hood. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. We live to honor the Lord. Come on. We're not living, we're not like living to judge other people around us. But we're living to honor the Lord. And it goes on. And, and if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Let's not get caught up in these petty little arguments. And even a Christian, you can get caught up in things like um, end times, right? Post-trib, mid-trib, you know, all these other tribs that are out there about the tribulations, you know, what do you believe? And I've seen Christians disagree and that they hate each other about it. This whole thing, like, man, man, can't we all just get along? <laughs> Agree to disagree. Let's love one another. Let's remember what's it about. It's what Jesus has done for us. He set us free. The love of Jesus that sets us free. Let's not use things to bind us up again. In fact, when you read in Romans 15, Paul says, accept one another as the Messiah accepted you. Accept one another. So he's writing mostly to these non-Jewish people. And he goes, hey, the, the Messiah was Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. So darn it, you accept your Jewish brother. Because this is what is happening. This racial tension got so bad that they began to look at them as, as lesser than them. And we've got to be careful this doesn't happen in the church. Well, we begin to look at another group, oh, you're lesser than us. You have a different status to us. And this has happened. And, and it happened in, in, in Rome, and we've got to deal with this. I said, come on, we're all equal here. Jesus set us free. This was something, this was real, this was going on. Don't let anybody feel secondary just because they observe the Sabbath, because they do church on a Saturday, don't make them feel secondary. Love them. Love that. And you know, I meet Christians who do church Saturdays. Their church is Saturday, and they call it, this is the Sabbath day. I don't disagree with them. Yeah, absolutely, it's the Sabbath day. But I'm not going to judge them. They quite often judge me, but hey, it's all good. I agree to disagree. Okay, I'm just going to love you regardless. I'm not going to be bitter towards you. In fact, Romans 15 verse 1 says this. We haven't got it on the screen, but it says this. But Paul calls them the strong. And this word strong it, it, it means social status, high social status. These Roman because because the Jews had no social status in Rome. They just got they just were just allowed back in, so they were lower than them. So Paul's saying, "Hey, you who are actually, we need to humble ourselves. Don't look. We shouldn't look down on anybody. We shouldn't look down on anybody unless we're helping them up."
Because sometimes it comes all about conformity. Verse 9, Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. It's not about conforming, but it's about coming as you are. Coming as you are. It's crazy, you know, um, you know, back in the, not so long ago, you know, if someone walked into church with, with long hair, and you're a guy, oh, you can't come in, you got long hair. You got to conform before you belong. Certainly not with a tattoo. Oh, sorry, you can't come here. You know, you need to cover those up. This whole thing, you gotta, sorry, you got to conform before you belong. And even in the 80s, the 80s were kind of weird. Uh, anybody, anybody Christians in the 80s? Anybody? I heard it was, I, have, I wasn't a Christian in the 80s, but I heard it was really weird. I'm not, there was some great stuff, don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong. Man, I, there's some powerful move of the Spirit in the 80s. But there were some other kind of weird stuff, like, for instance, uh, someone's telling me that, that if their toys had red eyes, flashy eyes, it was evil. So they get rid of it. They weren't even allowed to watch the Smurfs. You get the Smurfs? Think about it, it's a whole bunch of male little, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, move on. <laughs> but even blankets with stars in the moon, they had to burn them. And I was thinking, really? It must have been cold, you know? <laughs> it was, honestly, but you know what? Some of them were like, you know, even if, even the Maori culture was deemed as being um, not of God. So, so I have friends who are, who are Maori, and they said, in order to be accepted in the Christianity, they had to deny to deny their culture. And I'm so glad we've come so far since then because that doesn't happen in this church. You know, where we begin, we, we don't look down on somebody, but come on, let's celebrate our differences. There's amazing differences and, and our culture, our culture is beautiful. You know, um, in the Cook Islands, we weren't allowed to, to drum the bate, the, the, the Cook Island drums on a Sunday because they said, oh, actually, when the missionaries come over, they said, because they were used for their rituals. You can't use it on Sunday. But I remember going to this celebration of culture in Auckland, and there were these Cook Islanders in the middle of the, and they had these Cook Islanders, it was a Sunday. And they said, you know, we were told not to beat, but you know, God gave us this gift, and we're going to beat these drums for the glory of God. And they began to beat the patte, these drums, for the glory of God. You know, it's not about conforming, it's about, it's about coming as you are and allowing the, the love of Jesus to change you as you are. <laughs> And it went the other way. I remember us growing up at the Mangere PIC. And our youth group, had it. we got to do an item in church, right? And we were pretty excited. We've been practicing for ages. So we got to do an item, and we had this acoustic guitar ready to play. And as we are just going to start, one of the elders stood up and said, get that guitar out of this building. Because I don't know, for, for, even back then it was deemed that even a guitar was seen as unworthy for church. Certainly not those banging things with little cymbals. Have that in church. And, you know, we, we couldn't even do an item because we had to conform, not come as you are. And as a young person growing up, I thought, man, this is what church is. I don't want church at all. You know, I went back years later um, for White Sunday. Um, my kids were, were, doing part, were joined in, in White Sunday um, at my mom's church. I went back there, and the youth went to do an item, and then they, they got the, the radio, and they started playing this Christian rap music, and they're doing this dance to it. And I was thinking... You, you, you're having that, I can't believe, how dare they have that in this church? No. But, you know, I'm so glad that we began to move. Actually, let's not, it's not about conforming, it's come as you are. Mohawk, Iron Maiden t-shirt, where's Glenn? <laughs> come as you are. 
It's about the love of God. Don't let disagreements lead you to hate. But next time you feel a sense of, of bitterness coming because you disagree with someone, ask yourself this question, where did they come from? Let love be the motivator. Let love be your motivator. When you feel disagreement coming and you, you, and, and you get to a point and you feel like, you know, bitterness is seeping in. And, 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 right, and when, you, when you get there, begin to be aware of that. Because when, when, we, when, we, when we're not aware of it, we let it take control. And we say, I'm going to let love, the love of Jesus. Uh, we may be disagreeing right now, but I, this, I love this person regardless. And it's okay. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to love somebody who, who walks around in, the, 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 in full burqa. I'm going to love them regardless. I'm going to love them as who they are and who the love of Jesus is because Jesus has set me free. You know, you know what the opposite of love is? The opposite of love is not hate, but it's fear. It's fear of, of the unknown. It's a loss of power. Who are these people? I don't understand it, so I'm going to get rid of it. Don't let fear be your motivator. Let love be your motivator. I love what 1 John 4, 18 says. It says, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his love. If we're getting a sense of fear, this whole thing, let the love of Jesus take hold of your life. And this is what you'll find. When you love the love of Jesus, take hold of your life, fear will begin to be expelled. And the people that you started to hate, you'll begin to love. Can you think, do you, do you hate anybody? Is there anybody that you dislike? Well, let me ask you this question. Can you love them? What will it take for you to love them? I know what it'll take for me. It says, it's coming for God. God, I need your love in my heart. Because my heart is full of bitterness. And I need to be filled with your love. Because perfect love drives out all fear. Let love be your motivator. Because, you know, we've got all these choices. The choice that frees us or imprisons us is the choice of love or fear. But you get to choose. You choose. Do you choose love or do you choose fear? Love liberates, fear imprisons. Love liberates, fear imprisons. I'm just going to end on this last story. I told this story a few years ago, but it's so relevant for this, for this message. And I figured it's been a few years. But years ago, when I started working, I just fresh out of high school, fresh out of MIT, and I, I, and I went to uh, start this new job, and I was going to work the, the, the late shift with one other guy, and I was going to be his laborer, okay, his laborer. He's, and I'm like, okay, I've got to make sure I impress, you know, I, you know, so I want to try to get a job here. So I turn up, and, they, and then someone told me, whatever you do, do not tell him that you're a Christian. He hates Christians. I was going, okay. Don't tell them that because I don't want, want the, already off on the wrong foot, you know. So I turn up, and this guy, his name is John, and, and he's, he's an expat from England. He's in his 50s. He's like 20 years my senior. 
And they call on the wolf man because his eyebrows come out like this. He's got massive ass side wounds. All he eats is chocolate and drinks Coca-Cola. That's all he eats and drinks. <laughs> you know what? He hates the royal family. He's one of, you know, he looked like he just walked out of a coal mine from England. Yeah, honestly, this is what he looked like. And I walked up, honestly, and everybody said to be careful of him because he, he, he chews people to bits. He doesn't like many people. And I was going, great, and I've got to work with him. They go, whatever you do, do not tell him you're a Christian. Otherwise, you won't survive the night. So I turn up. I'm, I'm like, okay, this is young fella. I'm a, and I turn up. And you know what he says to me? This is what he says to me. He goes, so I heard you're a Christian. And I was like, I was looked at the boys who were leaving their shift. You know, you know those guys, they're all laughing as they're walking out. And I'm like, oh, you know. And then and I went, I went yes. <laughs> and then he goes, do you know what I think about Christians? And he looked at me, eyes blazing, like his eyes were like fiery. And in my mind, I was thinking, not really. I don't really, really care what you think. And then he goes, this is what I think. And this, and, he, and this is what he said to me. He said, Christians are the biggest liars. They're the biggest backstabbers. They're the biggest hypocrites. And he began to list all these other things. In between with these words started with F and it wasn't fish. It was food, fruit, fries. Okay, anyway. What are hungry? Anyway. And, um, and, then, and then he finishes. And then, and then it's like he throws the gauntlet down on the ground. And he goes, so what do you think of that? And I just looked at him and I was saying, well, you can go to hell. I don't care. When you, when you get tossed into hell, remember me. I was the one who told you. Ha, ha, ha. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. I didn't say that at all. <laughs> well, you know, it's really, well, it's not really funny, but you know what? I've heard Christians say that. Seriously, they disagreed with somebody. They goes, well, you can go to hell. I don't, and you know what? And when you get tossed in hell, remember me. Ha, 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 ha. It's like they're happy they're going to hell because they disagreed with them. I was thinking, that's not love. You know, let us not be happy about someone going to hell. Well, you disagree with me? I don't care if you go to hell. I don't, I, so this is what I said to, to John. I said, John, you're absolutely right. I mean, and, I, and I began to list this thing. That Christians are the biggest liars. They're the biggest hypocrites. Biggest backstabbers. And I began to list all these things without the, the fish word in between. And then I said to him, do you know how I know this is true, John? And he goes, goes, how? And he says, well, because I'm the biggest one. But that's why I'm going to church. I'm trying to do something about it. What are you doing about it? And he just looked at me and said, oh, well, let's get to work. And he just moved on. <laughs> then, we, then we answer the question. But you know what? We be- became one of the closest friends in their place. He was the most senior guy in that area. He told me everything he knew. We would have conversations. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll, be, um, we'll be working together, and he'll be talking to me about him growing up as a, and he, got, he grew up as a Catholic, and he'd be telling me stories, you know, and, and we have discussions about, about dinosaurs. Were there dinosaurs on the ark? And I say, wow, how big are elephant babies? They're, not, they're about to, well, surely the dinosaurs aren't that big when they're babies. So we had all these little discussions, and it was fun, and it was really good, and, and, and all these things. But you know what was amazing? The team leader, the manager of this whole interchange, they, they left. And John put my name for it and he endorsed me. He was the senior guy. He put my name for it and he endorsed me. And I became the youngest team leader at New Zealand Post at the airport they ever had at the age of 25. And I was endorsed by this guy, John. See, 
You gotta let love be your motivator. Don't allow your disagreement turn to bitterness. Love liberates. Fear imprisons. You know, I get a sense that people in here, you, you've been imprisoned by fear because of disagreements that happen in your life. You, you're strong. Or well, someone hasn't spoken to you because of, of a disagreement. Come on, let me pray for you wherever you are right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, there are people throughout this auditorium, even online, and you've been imprisoned by fear of this disagreement of bitterness that has just torn you up and you haven't spoken to, the, to this loved one for so long, a sister, a, a brother, a mother, a father, a daughter, a son, a friend. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord, let your love consume. In the name of Jesus, let this bitterness begin to be released. Father, let, us, let love be the motivator in our life. Let us not be led to hatred and fear. But Lord, even when we disagree with somebody, to, to be a person of love. Father God, it's only through Jesus that sets us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.